to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rundle College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rundle experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. Today I'm thrilled to do an interview with Karin Voskel from IDEO. Before we start the interview, let me give you a little bit of background on who Karin is and how she ended up at the Academy. Now roughly two years ago, I was in San Francisco for a conference and I had the once in a lifetime opportunity to visit, visit the IDEO headquarters and have a conversation with Karin about educational design. In more particular, about human-centered design and how it applies to all of our schools and to student learning. Karin was gracious enough to spend a couple hours with me that day talking about how schools operate and what IDEO can do to help schools determine the best future for them. From there, we stayed in touch and uh, as we started to think about the redesign of the Academy program or what the future of the Academy program might be, it became readily apparent that IDEO and Rundle would be a perfect fit for this process. Now before we jump into the interview, um, just so you know who Karen is a little bit, she's, a, she's from Wisconsin and her and I share a passion for the Green Bay Packers. She's a tr- teacher by trade and she's taught in the public system and charter systems in the United States. She's been with IDEO for nearly five years and I think she's enjoying her time at, at Rundle Academy. I look forward to hearing her thoughts and insights. Um, so without any further ado, let me welcome Karin to today's show. All right, let's jump into the Rundle 5. Uh, Karin, the first question I've got for you is, if somebody didn't know what IDEO was and you were describing what the company does, mm-hmm. what would you, how would you describe it to them? Mm-hmm. Great question. I would start by saying that IDEO is a design and innovation firm. And we work with our partners to solve big, meaty challenges that exist in the world. And generally, these challenges um, are human-centered design challenges. And so what we do is we work to better design systems to meet the unmet needs of the people that the system serves. And so I might add, too, that um, we like to sort of work in industries where we believe design can have disproportionate impact, and certainly education is one of those. Excellent. And so... When we talk about the design process, what are the steps that typically encompass the design process? Ooh, good question. So the design process, it is a messy, non-linear process, but it it. always starts with people. So it starts with figuring out um, who are we designing for, what are their aspirations, and what are their needs. And then we move in, that's, that's a phase we call inspiration. So we look all across the world for what's, what are the best things that are happening um, in this area mm-hmm. and for uh, the problem that we're solving. Right. And then um, after inspiration, sometimes we go into a little bit of uh, synthesis moment 
But we usually start prototyping right away. So we're like, okay, what did we learn? Now what can we test to start learning more? So then we start prototyping or essentially building out potential solutions to the problem. And that is a cycle. So we often do prototyping inspiration and back and forth. Um, and then what we move into is sort of a refinement and actual design. So that's when we start bringing those things to life, putting them back in front of the users and figuring out how did we do in the inspiration phase? You know, how was that empathy gathering moment? And did mm -hmm. we did we get close? And so then we refine, and then we continue to uh, continue to build out the ideas until we get to something that we're pretty confident solves the problem. Awesome, and I think one of the things I love most about your process, Karen, is uh, the idea of empathy mm -hmm. and the human-centered piece. Uh -huh. And you've been at Rundle Academy now for three days going on your fourth day. And I want to come back to that empathy piece just for a moment. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of things have you been doing around our school that mm -hmm. really demonstrate that empathy part of the design process? Mm, great question. We've been immersing ourselves in the school from the start. So we did get to meet a lot of parents. So we had breakfast with parents and we designed three different activities that were focused on unearthing some of the aspirations parents have for their children, for the educators that teach their children, for their families, and for the community that they right. live in. Um, we also got to spend a lot of time with uh, teachers here at the academy. So we spent time actually in teachers' classrooms, working with them for extended periods of time, and then we ran sessions that um, had activities for teachers also to sort of uh, voice what their aspirations are. Mm -hmm. um, and then we designed an activity with students. It was uh, loosely modeled after a scavenger hunt, but we brought in uh, 16 students from, um, from every grade. And what we did was have them go around the school looking for some key things that we're trying to better understand. And so through the students' eyes, we got to experience the school um, and debrief with them and get a really good cross-section of what they're proud of, what their pain points are, and what they wish they could change. Um, and so then we brought all those things together. We, ha we did a whole bunch of different um, activities with each group, and uh, that allowed us to sort of better understand and empathize with the, the best parts and some of the opportunities within the school. Awesome. And I think that's uh, been exciting for me to think about your engagement with our community and getting a, a somewhat objective view of what's going on around here and, yeah. uh, and then taking it into the design process. Now, yeah. you know what? I forgot about one of the most important things yeah. we did. Yeah. We got to do home visits. Yeah. <laughs> That's such an important part of our work. So, you know, school is is actually a very small part of the day for families and children, right? And it's, it is eight hours at least, but there are, you know, 16 other hours in the day. And so we were trying to better understand that piece as well. So we got to do home visits and we went home with a few families after school, um, sort of shadowed their student yeah. in their home setting where yeah. they study, where they work, and then we got to do a family dinner with each family as well. So I think that's a huge piece of the empathy building is understanding you know, what role does school play in, in a much larger journey for that child throughout the day. Love it, and it's been, uh, been really exciting for all of us to date. So that, thanks, for that, uh, thanks, thanks for that answer, mm -hmm. Kurt. All right, Karin, on to question number two now. Uh, I'm just curious, why do you think design thinking is so important? Mm, that's probably my favorite question. I think design thinking is so important because it asks you to think about not what should be, but what could be. Mm -hmm. 
And when you start thinking about the world in that way, like what could be, you imagine entirely different futures. And that has extreme potential for the future of school, the future of learning. Um, and and what, what could be allows you to really bring this optimistic framing to, to problems and to you know, understanding how a system has worked over time for years and years and years. And you can imagine something entirely new for the future. And to follow up, when I entered IDEO uh, a couple of years ago and walked towards your guys' office, I noticed two things. So first, I noticed your values on the wall. Mm -hmm. And one of the values of IDEO, I think, roughly stated is be optimistic, mm -hmm. um, which I think is so important today more than ever and also throughout the design process mm -hmm. but the second thing i noticed was that you had a cardboard front desk uh -huh. <laughs> and so can you tell me like why was there a cardboard front desk and what does that have to do with design thinking? yes such a good question so our you know we think of our office and our space as a constant prototype and we can't help ourselves but to constantly be improving it. And so our front desk was a great example of that where the front desk, um, you know, it wasn't very, it wasn't working. The person who sat behind the desk constantly had to walk around it. It wasn't greeting visitors in a way that was um, intentional or intuitive. And so we just took it down and built a different type shape desk out of cardboard and tested it out. And we continued to iterate it and iterate it until we were like, oh, now it's flowing. And now that's the experience that we wanted for visitors and guests and for uh, the people that work uh, in the office and so it's an example of nothing's precious like yeah. nothing is yet is done our office changes every single day um, all the furniture is very very flexible and the the way in which we prototype is always to learn something about behavior change and how are we better trying to design the flow of the office um, and that optimistic value we have seven values and they're they're online but that one is probably one of my favorites um, because it does allow you to kind of always believe like well, there might be a better way, and That's this right. this could this could improve, and this yeah. could make something a little easier. And I think bringing it back to the academy project they're working on, I think those two dovetail really nicely. And my mm. takeaway is one, uh, as a as a community, I think we have to be optimistic that we're on the right track by starting to ask these questions about what is the future. Mm -hmm. And the second is, I know that your front desk wasn't resolved overnight; mm -hmm. like it took months and it's like potentially, six months yeah to figure out the front desk and you guys were okay with that ambiguity at IDEO mm -hmm. and I think as a community uh at Rundle I think we have to be okay with the ambiguity of we don't have the answers right now but mm -hmm. we're going to start to prototype and start to think about what those solutions could be mm -hmm. and so um I think it's just a great example of of what's in the future for us mm -hmm. all right Karin on to question three now um my question would be how do you think design thinking can help schools determine uh, its strategic priorities moving forward? Mm -hmm. Good question. I think design thinking is this very powerful process to bring a ton of voices into the fold. So since it is really grounded in empathy and inspiration, um, that provides a very constructive way to get a lot of voices heard. And the hard part is figuring out what to do with what you learn. Right. Because you get so many differing opinions and so, um, so many great ideas. And the jump that you need to make into what are the strategic priorities is how do you turn those insights and those things that you're learning into an opportunity 
to design towards. And so that is really the key. It's really about how do you pick out what are what are those key insights that you can pattern up across everything you've heard, and then how do you do something about it? Yes. Um, and it's it's actually the translation of that into an opportunity for design super super critical and um, important and that is where like good design makes all the difference yeah and I see it like in our workshops there's such a divergence in opinion and that's got to be such a tough job for you at IDEO and for anybody mm-hmm. to take all of those opinions and congeal them into something that is worth prototyping and something mm-hmm. worth challenging um, and I don't know how you guys do that. Mm-hmm. So do you have any insight on how, how do you select what's right for the space? Mm-hmm. Good question. We, we listen really carefully. Um, and then what we do is we go through a pretty rigorous synthesis process where we look exactly at the quotes and the things that we heard. And then we look underneath it and understand like what is the latent need that that is surfacing? Wow. And how do we figure out what a possible solution is? And in buildings, that's especially, I think, critical because buildings in space are actually um, are actually inviting folks to behave and flow throughout an environment in a really specific way. And so what a building does is also determine uh, culture, it determines mindsets, it determines behaviors, and it determines like some things that are routine. Um, and we like to think about that as a, as the starting point. What are the routines and the behaviors and the mindsets that we believe matter the most? Yeah. And once we've got that identified, that's like the human layer that you need to, to put into a building. Yeah. And so we would design that environment and then translate it into uh, a blueprint or into a space. Right. But we don't start with the space or like what, you know, what looks really nice or, yeah. or the colors yeah. or any of those things. We start with like, well, what's the behavior? What's the unmet need? Uh, what is the thing that is the current pain point? And maybe it's something like, I wish I had more energy. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. great thing mm-hmm. to understand. How do we design for that? You know, you, you think about uh, natural materials, you think about natural light, and you think about um, ways to sort of bring that inspiration and energy uh, into a space. Yeah, uh, I, I'm so I hope if you're listening, uh, you're as engaged and excited as I am because it just feels so right and so kind and so humane to think about. Um, spaces in that way mm-hmm. and think about humans use of those spaces mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's why i'm i'm so excited about having ideo here as a part of our team all right karen i'm on to question four now uh be curious is one of our school values mm-hmm. i'm curious about what are you curious about yeah i can't i'm curious about a lot of things i think curiosity also is a huge value that we have at ideo i feel like if ideo was a school it might be a lot like rundle so it's like the best compliment (laughs) ever we we have a lot in common um but the things that i'm curious about right now are um are how it's mostly designing with kids and designing in a way that um, allows kids to be active voices in a process, but doing so in a in a way that might be trauma informed. I'm um, trauma informed design and how you do um, excellent 
like trauma-informed uh, work with kids is a thing that I'm very curious to learn more about um, because I think in a lot of the populations that uh, design can better serve, that's a key way to unearth and be more inclusive about the voices that we can bring to the table. And so I'm really interested in how do you sort of unleash a, the voice of particularly like children whose whose voice is hard to, to get uh, to the forefront. Yeah, wow. And that's really inspirational to me to hear you talk about that. And I think sometimes uh, the kids at the academy in particular mm-hmm. are coming from a place that may have been slightly traumatizing mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. we see that you know, the brain changes when they arrive and it opens up into a new way of thinking. And so I'm inspired to think that you're thinking and curious about uh, that kind of that space as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you for your work on it, Karen, and I can't wait to see where you go with mm-hmm. it. Okay, on to the fifth and final question of this section, the Rundle 5. And Karen, I'm, again, curious um, as to what is the most inspiring educational innovation that you've personally observed? Yeah, um, this is tricky because I feel like I'm constantly inspired by things that I see out in the world. But maybe if I have to pick one, I would say um, I'm really inspired by, like, kids who take on really big projects in their community and and I feel like I'm starting to see that Mm -hmm. more and more in schools and schools have figured out the schedule and the way to bring um these these project opportunities in and outside of the school and so in like elementary school it might look like uh a, a community design challenge around like better waste management or how do you sort of like kids pick up on the need they see trash and they see recycling and they're like well why don't we solve this this is this doesn't have to be this way um and you see it and then in high school you know you see kids taking on like massive important challenges around like climate change or global warming or something that they see as like you know that has really um and I, i feel like what we're seeing is a generation of kids who are finding and solving relevant problems and that is coming because of the structure that schools have set up to sort of bring the outside in and make learning really relevant and also like release some of the rigidity around siloed content areas and how you use time and assessments wow yeah no i think uh your optimism really comes through in that and it really gives me strength to think that like that is happening at rundle and and Mm -hmm. kind of around our our continent for the most part Mm mm-hmm Okay, excellent. Thank you, uh, Karin. Next, we're going to move on to the Rundle Rumble. So for those of you who listen, you'll know what this is. But for those of you who don't, this is a quick fire Rundle Association game. I'm going to say just one word, and then I want you to associate it with whatever comes to mind. You mm-hmm. can respond in a sentence or in sentences or in a single word yourself, and we'll just go one at a time. You ready to go, Karin? I'm ready to go. Okay, here we go. So uh, number one is David Kelly. David Kelly, inspiring uh, my boss and a leader that uh, I'm so thankful brought design thinking to to the masses. Right on. Uh, Two, the design process. The design process, my favorite tool to bring about systemic change. Right. Number three, post-it notes. Post-it notes. (laughs) The most (laughs) valuable tool I have to make my thinking tangible. Yeah, and the joke is... Not the joke, but design thinking is like all about post-it notes and our school is currently covered in them. So I'm really, really excited to see what comes from those. Uh, number four, curiosity. Curiosity. I think it's the key to learning. 
Number four, five, sorry, is effective schools. Effective schools, I would say heart and soul and ambition. Right on. Number six, Canada. Canada, I would say beautiful. All right. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Incredibly welcoming. Yeah. And uh, it, it feels like home, like Su- the Midwest. Super. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven, creativity. Creativity. Hmm. That's, I think of color. I think of making. I think of creation. Um, and I think of like increasing my energy when I think of creativity. Awesome. Number eight, Rundle Academy. Rundle Academy. Hmm, my favorite school. <laughs> Come on. All right. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> number nine, hockey. Hockey. Uh, I think uh, novice. I, uh, I, can't, I can't wait to cheer really, really loud for the Flames tonight, but I am uh, a novice at the sport. Excellent. Okay. And uh, last but not least, and I asked this one of everybody in the Rundle Rumble, what, what comes to mind when I say success? Mm, I think it's success. I think about um, every person being able to pull out of themselves their greatest potential. Beautiful. Brilliant. Um, Karin, thank you for taking the time today. I really value uh, your work and your friendship and your inspiration and uh, your time. Thanks for taking the time to share this with our community. And I hope lots of people listen are inspired by it. Mm. Uh, And I wish you'd safe travel back to San Francisco when you leave. And again, thank you for everything you've done for us here at Rundle Academy. Thanks for having us. Awesome.